Hey friends, and welcome to episode 137 of It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. I'm your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman Cornick, and I think we can all agree that life can feel like a lot sometimes. I don't know about you, but every once in a while, I'll have a moment of total overwhelm, and I feel like I'm going to drown in a sea of to-do lists and family calendars. It happens to all of us, but have you ever felt like that? For women especially, we're kind of expected to do it all. Be the best mom, wife, employee, worker, businesswoman, friend, daughter, sister. But there are only so many hours in the day. Luckily, today's guest, Stacey Tushel, has cracked the proverbial code on reducing overwhelm in life and work by utilizing systems and processes. Stacy is proof that good things take time and that having a system, actually lots of systems, is the key to success. But before we jump into our conversation, let me tell you all about Stacy. Stacy Tushel started her own business at the age of 18 in her parents' backyard and turned that company into a multi-million dollar business she still runs today. Stacy is a best-selling author and founder of the Foot Traffic Formula, helping small businesses around the world get more customers in the door. The Foot Traffic Podcast now has more than 1 million downloads and is frequently on the top 30 of all marketing on iTunes, where she's interviewed guests like Susie Orman. Stacy was named the 2019 Wisconsin Small Business Person of the Year by the United States Small Business Administration. In today's conversation with Stacy, she shares why you need systems and processes. She talks about how to apply systems to every part of your work and life. Plus, she talks about where to start when creating systems and what happens when life changes and your systems don't work anymore. As usual, you know you can find all the details for this episode over in the show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 137, including links to Stacey's podcast and her amazing resource, Well-Oiled Operations. Finally, I want to thank you again for tuning in and being a fan. And if you haven't yet, I invite you to click the subscribe button to be notified as soon as new episodes go live. If you like what you hear, I'd be so grateful for your review. Your reviews play a huge role of helping others find It's About Time in the podcast search results, and that only helps to further our shared mission of banning busy as a badge of honor. And plus, you might just get a shout out in a future episode, like this one going out to LabGirl87. LabGirl87 was so kind to leave a five-star rating and review. LabGirl87 writes, I didn't realize how much better my day goes if I listen to you. I'm only on episode five, but have enjoyed this so much. Well, LabGirl87, thank you so much for taking time to share such kind words. I'm truly honored to be a part of your day, and I hope you love the rest of the episodes as much as you've enjoyed the first five. I hope that each episode and each guest interview can provide something useful to you as you're making your way through your day. Thank you again. Oh, and when you hear this, send an email to Anna at AnnaDCornick.com, and I'll send you a little surprise to say thanks. And with that, it's about time we get started, so let's get this show on the road. 
You're listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Around here, we believe that busy is not a badge of honor. Your host, Anna Dearman Cornick, is here to share tips and strategies to help you make the most of your time. Listen in on real conversations and success stories to find out how other go-getters are getting things done. If you're ready to step away from the overwhelm and spend your time on what matters most, then you're in the right place. Here's your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman Cornick. Hi, Stacy, and welcome to It's About Time. I am so thrilled to spend time with you today. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to chat. This is going to be fun. Yes, absolutely. Well, I know that you have a lot on your plate and a lot of different moving parts and pieces in your life. And in the intro, I shared the official Stacy Tushel bio, but I'd love for you to tell us in your own words, how do you spend your time these days? Yeah. So I'm a busy person, but I don't say that to complain. I say that because I like to be busy. I choose to be busy. So I have a couple different businesses. I have two dance and music schools here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I then own a consulting company called Foot Traffic, which is a uh, more of a virtual remote business, but we serve clients all over the globe. And then where we do a little bit of real estate. I have a couple books, a podcast. I'm a mom of two little girls, um, married to my husband, Kent. So we just have, we have a lot going on, but I like, I like it. I like to be busy. Yes. Lots of good things, it sounds like. So Stacey, tell me a little bit more about the work side. So you have two dance studios and you have an online consulting business. How exactly do you run all three of these businesses while (laughs) loving on your family and just being a part of the community? Yeah. So I'm actually really glad you bring that up because when people hear two businesses, they think, oh, perfect. Everybody teaches only one business and Stacey's allowing you to have two. So I'm like, no, no, no. So I started that first business 20 years ago, actually already. And I ran it, even though there's two locations, I run it as one business. They're nine miles apart. They're, I mean, they share employees, they share clients actually. Um, So we run it as one business, even though it's two locations. And then I think probably 15 years of that was me fully focused on just that. And then as I started to delegate, build a team, find managers, put in an amazing general manager into the business, as I kind of worked my way out, that is when I started the second business. So I had the time and energy to give a second business. Mm -hmm. So in foot traffic, that is where I'm spending 99% of my time. I actually only consult with the dance and music schools once a week for a maximum an hour virtually. Wow. So you started the music schools, music and dance schools from the ground up. So you started in that doer role. And then I'm sure you worked your way up to that visionary role where you were leading the charge and leading others. And then you stepped out into the owner role so that you could focus your energy and your talents on pouring into others. Yeah, absolutely. And I I think, you know, I didn't know that was the path, mm-hmm. but it naturally happened as I started to realize, wow, I can delegate and I can let other people shine and I can focus on leading and let them do some of the doing. I started to find my sweet spot. I started to find their sweet spot. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, one day I was like, wow, I'm not really involved that much in the day to day. But I was okay with that. But at the same time, I told you I like to be busy. 
Mm-hmm. And there was no way I was just going to sit and do nothing all day. Right. <laughs> so that's when I said, okay, I've got to do something here. And I could have just grown the business more. I could have added a third location. I could have franchised it. But part of me said, okay, I like we have here. It's this like small town community feel. I'm ready for something else. Mm-hmm. And that's when I started to create foot traffic. Wow. Tell me a little bit about what you do and who you serve with foot traffic. Yeah. So I've been doing this now for seven years online. And the more I talk, the more I share, the more I am finding my voice, finding what I love to talk about, what I love to teach, and also what people are attracted to. And I think a a big thing that people like is my systems, how I hire People always rave about our dream team. Like, how do I find uh, like a Sarah, which Sarah's on our team, or how do I get a Cara, right? Um, so we teach people how to leverage a team, how to build out systems, because you can't just hire and then think, well, that she didn't work, or that wasn't great, or I thought it would be better. It's like, well, we have systems in place, and then we hire people to implement those systems. Most people are missing the systems piece, which is why the business isn't where it's with where they want it to be at. Wow. And I really want to dive into systems a bit more, but before we get there, you know, what are some of the specific, um, maybe it's systems that you specifically have in place that enable you to do life and do work without losing your mind? (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So I think anytime there's a frustration that you're having, it calls for a system. So this is something I do personally in my business. I mean, it's just ingrained in me. So if I don't have anything to eat in the fridge and I'm frustrated, it is a lack of a system, which means, well, when am I, am I, is the grocery shopping on my calendar or am I having it on my calendar to like, maybe I, I actually only order groceries online. So I have in my calendar when I order groceries online. So that's a system. I don't have issues with no groceries because it's built into our everyday. So same thing in the business or in your career, right? Whatever you're frustrated with, ask yourself, well, how did the ball get dropped? Is there a system in place? You might say, yeah, there is. Okay, well, why are we not using the system? What is missing there, right? Maybe Maybe there's a missing trigger. So if I don't have in my Google calendar order groceries today, I wouldn't be triggered to order groceries just because it's a Tuesday. But seeing it, I go, oh, okay, I've got to order these, right? And that's the system. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So you can systemize something as simple as making sure that you have food in the fridge. You know, I think a lot of times when people hear the word system, it can feel intimidating or boring or just really dry, but it sounds like for you, systems is what you're what makes your life and work go round. And that that's what you teach in foot traffic. So Mm -hmm. how, what advice would you have for someone who is struggling to overcome that intimidation about systems? Yeah. So people feel like systems feel like this big thing where it's going to feel tight and they're not going to have flexibility and they're not going to have freedom. And that's why they don't want them. But I've never met somebody with flexibility and freedom that is not thriving off of systems. It's the systems that create that. So and a system is as simple as how do we post on social media? What does that look like? How often? What types of posts? Where do I grab the photos from? Like where are the images held? Like it is just a, a roadmap of how to get to that place as fast as possible. Um, even today, I have a day 
filled with different appointments. Well, my assistant, her system is every top of the week, she goes through and makes sure that every calendar invite has the location. I can't tell you how many times I'm back to back and I go to click on somebody's calendar link and they're missing the Zoom room or they're missing like where this is. So I'm sitting there waiting. They're waiting for me where they think they told me, but they didn't, right? So having maybe it could be me checking that system, but I actually delegated it to somebody else. So that's another thing too, is don't think you have to be enforcing the system. Somebody else could be doing and implementing the system for you. Got it. So you don't necessarily have to be the the keeper of the systems as long as there's a system for the system. Correct. I usually am the person that sets the system up Mm -hmm. and then somebody maintains it for me. Now, it is possible you have brought somebody on to help you that is smarter than you in this area and they have a better system. So I always make sure that I'm open to somebody having a better, more efficient way But I shouldn't expect them to. Like when people hire an assistant or they hire um, even like a cleaning company come in for the first time, they just assume they're going to clean the the floorboards or they're going to clean this. And they might go, oh, we don't do that, right? So you need a system of every time you come, I would really like you to do this, this, and this. Like have a checklist, have a system for anybody that you have help and support with, right? So set up the system yourself unless – like the cleaning company comes in and they go, oh, no, 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 we, we're going to go way above and beyond what you just did. Okay, great. Your system's right. better than mine. Let's go with your system, right? Yeah. Your system wins. I like that. Yeah. So if we are using systems and processes in our life and in our business, clearly we can't keep all of these systems just up in our head, right? We're not going to remember all of them. So where should these systems live so that we can yeah. keep track of them and share them with new people that may come into come onto our team or come into our lives? Yeah, I love this question. So typically I put all of my systems inside of a project management software. Mm-hmm. I am not married to a specific one where people say, okay, which one do I need? No, just any software that you are using. If you don't don't have a project management software, you need one. So I I remember coaching somebody who was just her on her, she had nobody on her team but her. And she said, after I showed her something in my project management software, she said, okay, I finally realized how I could be using this just for me. I always thought it was managing team projects and managing everybody with their hands in it. But no, it's just managing a project, right? So think about a project as a system for every single thing you're doing. So in my project management boards, like I even have uh, boards for packing. So if I'm traveling and we're, we, have, we have an RV, but we also have a vacation home. So depending on where we're going, it's a very different packing list. Definitely. So I will click on, I'll say, okay, RV trip. And I look at all the things and it's like, all right, is there a lake? Make sure to bring this. Is there a this? Bring that, right? So I am... Very, very often, I should say, never does this happen that I'm very forgetful of stuff because it's in my checklist, it's in my system. So there are so many things you could be doing, and a lot of those things could be held right inside of a project management software. Things like Trello, Asana, Mm -hmm. Monday, those are all great options. Yes. Oh, and I'll be sure to link to those as an example so you can check them out. Okay, y'all, so I know we could all probably use a little more time in our day, right? You're no stranger to busy schedules and intentionally filling them up to the brim because you just have so much to get done. But sometimes it feels like you don't really ever have the time to just slow down and enjoy the simple things. 
Simple things like when my toddlers are giggling and playing nicely together in the backyard, or when a Sunday afternoon nap sounds too good to pass up. We all want more time to enjoy these kinds of things, right? Well, if you love personality quizzes like I do, then you're in for a treat. In my new quiz, which you can take for free at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, I'm helping you uncover what it will take to get you from chaos to calm, to finally feel like you have space in your days. I know it can feel downright frustrating to keep using the same old time management strategies that just don't seem to work for you. You've got the planners, the calendars, apps, you're doing all the things, but you still feel like you have no time. And that's because you need time management strategies that work for your personality and your life. In my 10 plus years working in crisis communications and chaos management, and all the time I've spent with my clients, I've learned that everyone has their own needs. And knowing what those needs are can really help you discover the best approach to planning your days. Knowing yourself can help you ease up busy schedules and find more calm and clarity in your week. Do you wanna know how to get there? To have more breathing room in your days? Let's figure out your time management personality type so you can uncover exactly what you need to do to feel more productive, less stressed, and more balanced. You can take the quiz at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, and I'll make sure to link to the quiz in our show notes. All right, on with the show. I love that you mentioned that you have a system for packing. Yeah. And that you have a different system, a different checklist for packing for an RV trip versus packing for a vacation home trip. Mm-hmm. Now, if I'm sitting here and I'm listening and I'm thinking, okay, Stacey, I want all of these systems too, but the thought of creating mm, all yeah. of these systems for my whole life feels very daunting yeah. to the point that maybe I just won't start. Okay. I love it. <laughs> Because again, like there's this, like I have a system for absolutely everything. So I always say, start with what is most pressing now. So if you're, if something happened today and you missed a really important appointment, it's a frustration, right? Why did it happen? Mm-hmm. What is missing? What is the system we need to put into place? And maybe it's, you're not checking your email frequently enough, or you're not double checking your calendar. So you didn't even notice that you had this appointment or you were double booked or you forgot to put it on there, right? So start with what is going on in your life right now. Mm -hmm. Don't hear my travel checklist and go create a vacation plan when you don't have a vacation for nine months. (laughs) That would not be a good idea, right? I want you to ask yourself today, what am I most annoyed with? What am I most frustrated with? When is the last time I got upset? And when you're doing, and you can say upset in my business, upset at home, frustrated with this, right? And as that comes up, start there. Mm -hmm. So if you're a business owner, the biggest system that I would create first is a fulfillment system. Okay. I would, what I mean by that is when somebody buys from me, step by step, what is going to be their experience from the second they buy, like through the whole time they're with me, Right. Do they need to get a specific email sent to them? Do I need to mail them something? What am I going to state here? What is in that email, right? So I always start with fulfillment because I don't want to be focused on just marketing because all that's going to do is give me an influx of people and then they're going to go, she's super unorganized. I'm never going to work with her again, right? So I start with fulfillment 
have a rock solid, we always call, we call it product mastery, where mm -hmm. people are just blown away by our products. And then once fulfillment is solid, now I put marketing systems into place so I can actually scale my business because my product is good to go and it's a scalable, sustainable model. That's fantastic. And I'm thinking back to the time that I spent working uh, in nine to five roles and how mm -hmm. I may not have had a business where I was selling a specific product, but there were certain core responsibilities that I had. I had mm -hmm. to write a press release for a client, which yeah. meant that there had to be approval that was granted. There had to be different stages of the drafting process. And it seems that if, you, if you're someone thinking about, okay, well, how can I use systems if I don't have a business? Uh, it seems like finding those core yeah. responsibilities would be the best place to start before you start thinking about uh, the accessories. You yeah. know, if marketing is an accessory to fulfillment and you have core responsibilities in your role at work, what are those other things that can wait? Like first mm -hmm. you have your core and then you have like the, right. the ancillary ones. Absolutely. Well, and you have to just keep asking yourself whether you have a nine to five or whether you're in business for yourself, the way you go to that next level is by showing value, right? By giving yeah. as much value as possible. And you have to ask yourself like, how can you put systems into place to do even more than your boss is expecting, right? Mm -hmm. So for us to be able, I mean, now in Foot Traffic, we're in like a multiple seven figure a year business, the only way we got there is because we were able to put these systems in a place to rinse and repeat those systems. Same mm -hmm. thing. If you're trying to hit that next milestone and show like, I'm ready for a raise, I'm ready for that promotion. They're going to want to see that you are bringing so much value to the company. Mm -hmm. And the more systematized you are, the more productive you'll be, the more you'll be producing for the company. Mm -hmm. it's so it's, it's all about showing that you are capable Yes. of handling mm -hmm. all of your current responsibilities that you can go above and beyond in your current role mm -hmm. in order to then be granted even more responsibility, which you then systemize. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the growing pains that, is, that yeah. are associated with creating systems as you're leveling up. Because let's mm -hmm. say that you did get that promotion and now yeah. you have a new set of responsibilities and a new set of systems you have to create, or you've launched a new program or product in your business and you have, you have to like crawl before you can walk. Mm -hmm. Everything feels so much slower. So how do you yeah. get through those beginning stages of figuring out and setting up the new system so mm -hmm. you can then continue to thrive? Yeah. So that's the thing. What what gets you to one stage most likely won't get you to the next stage. So you have to break everything that you had set up, right? Maybe a system is only scalable to a certain level and then it doesn't work anymore after that's once you've hit that certain number. So all of a sudden the the program or like they're sorry, the system that worked so well literally is broken after just like mm -hmm. one more person tips. There's a there's a book called The Tipping Point. Yeah. And it actually I can't who's it by? Do you remember who's Malcolm by? Gladwell? Yes, thank you. Okay. I'll link it. It's fun. Yeah. So the tipping point is like at some point it will tip, right? So it's the same thing with your system. It can work so beautifully. And then one day it, the tipping point happens and it doesn't work anymore. Mm -hmm. And you want to make sure that you are being really aware of like, how big can I scale this? And at what point do I have to say, if we don't fix this now, like you want to break, you want to fix it before it actually breaks. Mm -hmm. So you want to evolve that system before all of a sudden you're going, oh, that system doesn't work anymore. And we have all these unhappy clients because we didn't fix it. Mm -hmm. So I think it's always looking ahead and it's refining, right? You don't make a system and then set it and forget it. 
Right. You constantly ask yourself, is this still working? Mm-hmm. Did we outgrow it or are we outgrowing it? How close are we to outgrowing it? Right. Yeah. yeah I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions when it comes to setting up just about anything, whether it's a system or a habit or a routine in your life, just assuming that you'll be able to set it and forget it. You're yeah. a mom, you get this. Yep. Uh, Managing your time as a mom is very different when you are a newborn mom versus when you are a toddler mom versus the different stages and phases of life that your kids go through because things are always changing and you have to be on your toes and ready to adapt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, that's a great example because everybody kind of, if you're a mom, you get this what worked when they were three and four, all of a sudden they're in school and, and now it's very different because they're in school full time. And then all of a sudden they're home for summer and you've never had that experience. And just, there's so much. So I think it's a, a really important factor to be very aware mm-hmm. of what is working. Why is it working? And how long do you foresee it's still working? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So Stacy, let, let's imagine that we have jumped in. We have systemized our our businesses. We have systemized our responsibilities at work. We've got systems at home and things are feeling good. Mm-hmm. How do we keep life and work from feeling boring or monotonous when we are operating with a number of systems? Because it would seem like that there's not really room for spontaneity there. So how yeah. do we keep things interesting? Yeah, I think life in general, we always get throw, thrown curveballs. So trust me, even with systems, I mean, systems were great in our dance and music school and then a pandemic hit and we didn't have a pandemic system. So trust me, there is nothing boring about going through a pandemic with a brick and mortar business, right? It, it got very creative very, very quickly. But and then and then you long for the day that it it is boring after you go through right. something like that, right? So I think there's seasons, right? I think there's times when you'll enjoy it being really smooth and being really easy, but then trust me, something will come your way and rock your world, whether it's business or personally. And that's when you have to go, okay, well, maybe it's time for a reinvention here a little bit. Mm. You know, what what worked before is no longer working. So what does that look like now? Like with the pandemic, right? Our kids are home. This is not working, but it's going to have to work. So how do we make it work? What do we do? And we had to figure out what that was going to look like and how we were going to take team with my husband and, and myself and, and just figuring it out, right? And we came up with a system during the pandemic. Well, then then they went back to school and then that changed, right? Um, so it's just every time something changes, you will always be refining, always. Mm-hmm. How can you get your family on board with following systems? So it, let's mm-hmm. say you're the the master of systems in your home that you've been yeah. very thoughtful about how you want to make you know mornings more efficient or yeah. evenings more efficient uh but maybe your kids aren't necessarily into it or your your yeah. husband or your partner uh, doesn't really see the value in picking his shoes up yeah. and putting them where they go every evening. Um, can, how can we incorporate our family and get them on board with systems? Yeah, so a couple things. Um like labeling, checklists, kids are obsessed. Like if you have little kids especially and they're already so used to at school, things with their name on it, where did where does this go? Where does that go, right? Um, and, and just making it be part of their responsibilities. So uh, we just came up, I read it in somebody's book. I, I'm sorry that I can't say who, um, <laughs> but I just read this like token idea of, uh, it might've been in essentialism, I'm not sure, but it was about screen time. We're in summer, 
screen time with the kids. So he gave 10 tokens, which was basically 30 minutes of screen time. And all of a sudden, the kids can cash in a token to get screen time. But at the end of the week, if they have any left, they can cash it in for 50 cents and they can rack up some extra money, Mm -hmm. right? Okay. So I implemented that on Monday. We did it immediately. They didn't like it. My, my, my six-year-old was like, yeah, I don't like this token idea. I was like, well, it doesn't really matter. That's what we're doing, right? So you get to be in charge, right? Whether you're at home in charge as mom or you're at work in charge, like you get to set the tone, but you have to keep up with it. Mm-hmm. So if she would say, I don't want to do it, and then I was like, oh, okay, or sure, you're out of tokens, but still watch TV, you've broken the system and they're yeah. following your lead. So you have to continue to lead and stay consistent. We have, when you walk in our mudroom, we have these like metal bins from Target and one is for each of us, for our shoes. Mm-hmm. So do we have it all the time perfectly clean? No. But on our system, it's like, hey, Tanner, you need to go to the mudroom and put everybody's shoes in their bins. And it's oh. just like a reset for the week, right? So even if it's not perfect all the time, but once uh, every Sunday, you go clean up the mudroom, it's better than chaotic all the time. I love that. And so that's such an important reminder because- it doesn't, you don't have to run through every single system every day. Right. You can have a weekly system. And thank yeah. you for that tip as well, because we just moved into a house with a mudroom and I've been oh, trying yeah. to think through how oh we gosh. can use that space. And by the way, you were right. It was the book Essentialism that talked oh, okay. about the screen time. I looked it up really quickly. So I'll be sure to link that okay, cool. in the show notes so that you guys can check that out. So Stacy, this has been so much fun. I love a conversation about systems and really anything that we can do in our lives to make it easier for us. Because, you know, at the end of the day, having systems in place is about having space to to live the life that you want and to have the mental capacity and the ability to be present. So what is one piece of parting advice that you would give someone who's walking away from this episode feeling excited and they want to get started? Yeah. I think the best thing you can do is start to find some rhythms and routines and put them into place. So before we had jumped on, we, you and I had just talked about how like Thursday is my, my big recording day. But it's a little, it's a, it's a little bit much sometimes when I'm in it, I'm going like, oh my goodness, I have to go back to back today. But when I see tomorrow is wide open, mm-hmm. it just gives me so much excitement to be able to do whatever I want to get done tomorrow because I got done today what I needed to get, to get done. So what are some rhythms and routines you can put into your place? Even if it's personally like the Sunday, Monday, you know, or Sunday mudroom cleanup, or it's something you're doing in your business to be double checking or something in your nine to five. So I would look at what are you doing and how can you chunk them into rhythms and routines based off mm-hmm. of certain days or a weekly, monthly type to do. I love that. That's such a fantastic way to get started. And I know that I'm feeling inspired to think through systems and that that we're just, we're going to be all systemized up now, <laughs> Stacy. So where can we stay in touch with you and continue learning from you? So the best place would be the Foot Traffic Podcast. Um, I am teaching, this is definitely for business owners, I am teaching all things systematizing, hiring, firing, managing, leading, you name it. It's really scaling your business and and pulling yourself out of it. And then um, on Instagram would be another great place. So you can find me at Stacey Tushel over on Instagram. Wonderful. And I'm such a huge fan of your show. So it's been really wonderful to spend time with you today. Thank you so much for carving out time to, to serve this audience and just share your expertise on systems. Stacey, thank you so much. And thank I look you. forward to talking with you soon.
And there you have it. Systems can totally save your life, especially when life throws you curveballs and we know it always does. Whether you're just getting started with systems or you're a seasoned systems pro, I hoped you enjoyed learning from Stacy as much as I did. You can find links to the productivity tools that Stacy mentioned, as well as links to the Foot Traffic podcast and the book Essentialism by visiting the show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 137. Before you go, let me tell you about next week's episode. Next week's episode, episode 138, is in response to a listener question. I love creating episodes based on your questions and requests, so keep them coming. Back in June, my family moved. The whole packing boxes, loading the truck, unpacking, and getting settled song and dance. Moving can be one of the most stressful life experiences, but it doesn't have to be. Tune in to hear why we made the decision to move, how we prepared financially, find out my number one packing tip, and hear about how we did it all without totally losing our minds in the process. All right, thanks again for listening, and I look forward to talking with you soon. Thanks for listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Head over to www.abouttimepodcast.com to join the conversation. Check out the show notes and dive into bonus content so you can start living your best life today. Love this episode? Be sure to share it with a friend, subscribe, and leave a review. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you in the next episode.